Dealing with today's kids is completely a different entity than it was years ago. And in order to educate properly, in order to be a parent properly, you have to keep abreast of the changes. Chanoch Lanar Alpi Doro. Educate the, the, the child according to the generation in which he lives. We're accustomed to thinking that a generation is approximately how many years? 25 years, 25, 30 years. I believe it was the Novominsky Rebbe who said this publicly once. In our day, a generation is five years. Wow. It means that the changes... It's happening rapidly. Rapidly. The assumptions are totally different. Things which are commonplace today would have been a source of embarrassment for people to even think about 25 years ago. Baruchim Abayim, and welcome to Torah Talks Chazak's Tuesday night program with special guests. We have with us all the way from Brooklyn, our dear friend Rabbi Shmuel Yaakov Klein, Baruch Haba, welcome. It's always good to see you, Rabbi. Uh, Likewise. And we're going to be speaking about the Jewish education, Chinuch. And before we get to the topic, we give uh, a little bit of background about yourself, Rabbi, and the great work you're involved with in, in Torah and Masorah. Okay, I'll try to be brief, and there's a lot of detail there that I would be able to share. So, uh, first of all, I'm Canadian. I'm from Toronto. Oh, interesting. Uh, I moved here about 15 and a half years ago, but that was after being uh, 34 years in Chinuch in Canada. Toronto. Toronto. And what I was doing in Chinuch, it's a broad realm, right? So, I was uh, I was a Rebbe. I taught uh, also girls. Limudei Kodesh, Limudei Chol. I taught in a Masifta. And I taught them with a chol in the Masifta. Oh, wow. I taught adults. I did uh, shiurim in Gemara. I did shiurim in Hasidish thought in uh, Sfas Emes. The Ger Rebbe. Uh, the Ger Rebbe. And then I became a principal. Uh, first, I was a principal. While I was continuing being a Rebbe, I was an English principal for 16 years in different chadorim in Toronto. I left Choyl altogether, and I focused only on Kodesh. For my last, I guess, eight years in Toronto... I was an Eng- I was a limited college principal. Uh, I was offered the opportunity to move to New York and to join the wonderful world of Torah and Masorah. Uh, I accepted. Main reason is because my kids were getting married and they were all leaving Toronto. So just the thought of remaining there alone in the course of time was a little bit frightening and daunting. So I said, so I accepted that offer, and I became uh, what is known as the director of uh, publications, which means the things that we uh, produce on our own, things that we distribute for other authors, chomrei um, limud, which means uh, materials that are being used in the classroom primarily. Uh, in the course of time, I also took over the um, the wing of zecharimos olam, zecharimot olam, which obviously it's a pasuk in Hazinu, but right. uh, it also is the imperative to learn history and specifically um, Holocaust studies. And this oh, goes back to so an important. initiative. It goes back about 20-some-odd years ago when the Vad Rosh Hashivas of Tom sort of decided that the time has come to focus on or to teach Holocaust studies. It was an area that was, for good reason, this is not the place or time to go into what those reasons are, but there were legitimate and very solid reasons for why Holocaust in Yonim, were omitted, right? They were not focused on, but the time came for that to happen. Tarmasov started an official wing called Zechari Mosolem, and um, it was founded by a venerable educator, Zechari Tzadik Lebrach, his name was Rabbi Yosef Elias, uh, a famous Beisakov Menahel, and then um, other people took over in the course of time, 
Uh, and I have been for the past, I guess, 12 years or so running that division, division as well. Wow. Yeah. So inspiring, Rabbi Klein. Unbelievable. <laughs> We've had many uh, Rabbanim on the talks and uh, such a, a broad spectrum of chinuch, of education in the Jewish world. Well, I look at it this way. Being busy keeps me out of trouble. I think that's really the main thing. <laughs> okay, it's important. So I think the rabbi, with all your experience of all these years of uh, educating Jewish children, whether it was secular studies or, or, or Jewish studies, uh, what would you say if we would pinpoint education back then you know, I would understand the rabbi has been in, in the Chinuch for 40-something plus years. And today, is there a difference? Is it the same old, uh, you know, open up the farm, the books, textbooks? Or, or has there been a little bit of a change in the mentality of uh, educating our children? So, you know, usually I would try to avoid giving what seems to be a diplomatic answer. But to speak truth, it has to be both. In fact, curiously, I, I view the, the organization that I'm with, Torah and Sora. Torah means guidance, you know, teaching what to do and how to do it. And that brings to mind the concept of a living Torah, which means living guidance. We have Rosh Yeshiva, um, right, and great right. Torah scholars who guide us and set our Torah, policies. Torah, it's, it's the way. Right, right. On the other hand, and so that's sort of new, keeping up with the times, and it's very necessary. On the other hand, Misorah means tradition, the legacy that we got from the past. So are things different? They're tremendously different. I mean, just to use a small example, which is actually not from the Jewish world, but from the non-Jewish world. Uh, I believe it was in the 1950s they did a study of what's the worst problem facing educators in the classroom. What is it that they're contending with most? And back then, the, the biggest problem was kids chewing gum in class. That was their biggest issue. <laughs> that was the biggest issue 50 or 70 <laughs> years ago. And today, of course, we're dealing with substance abuse and firearms. and Technology, I would guess. That, yeah, technology actually in the non-Jewish world is also very problematic. It's even more problematic in our world. And uh, for reasons that, uh, you know, our guidelines, our restrictions um, uh, are a little bit more stringent than they need to be. You know, we read in the Torah, the, the Pasuk, the verse in the Torah says, with, uh, in the story of the narrative, the parting of the Red Sea, Kriyat Yam Suf, it says, V'hamayim lahem choma miminam lamismolam. So Mayim, which means water, water. also is uh, an allusion to Torah. Right. Torah and Torah, and Mayim Elo Torah. Right. So the Hamayim Lehem Choma, which means the water formed for them a wall, or barriers on their right and on their left, means to say that within the world of Torah, there are strong barriers, right? Beautiful. These barriers are on this side and they are on that side. And we are more cognizant of the concept of, or the need for barriers than I would say in the world around us, right? Definitely, true. Uh, clearly, the more restrictions, which produces also a much higher or much more elevated state of existence for us. As we see. Um, Baruch, as yeah, so, so that's the chinuch. But whatever the case may be, the world out there has an impact on our restricted world. Because let's say we have strong walls around us, but there are breaches in the wall, and through those breaches come the impacts and the influences from the world around us. So technology would be probably the prime example of that. Uh, the value system. And today, you know, I don't have to tell you how uh, crazy the world has become with its value system and uh, the assumptions that the world makes uh, with issues that I'm too embarrassed even to mention, but I think uh, people would know what I'm talking about, that has also made an impact on, on our world. 
Uh, I can give examples of that. Probably better not to, right? Um, so yes, there there have been changes. Truth of the matter, also, the continuation of the pasuk Zecharim Otolam. There's no such thing as coincidence, but coincidentally, the continuation is the is the verse Binu Shnot Dor Vador, which means literally, understand the years of generation and generation, which sounds very flowery and everything. But it, well, what does it mean? Yeah, what's the what's the concept? So to begin with, the word Shnot, based on the word Shana, years is a year. A Shana is a year. Right. The Maharal. Famous Rabbi Yehuda Lo of of Prague, Prague. the Maral of Prague said that the word Shana is based on the word Shinui. It's the same change, change right? Hishtanut, change. Um, the world is constantly in a state of flux, where things are not the same as they were. That's why Shana is called a Shana because the seasons constantly change. Um, so, Binush no Dovador, therefore, according to Certainly, um, a Hasidic interpretation of the Chidushe Harim and the Rebbe of Kotsk, um, names which probably will be familiar to most listeners, of most course. viewers. Some people think I'm Chidushe Harim. Yanav Mir. Oh, yeah? <laughs> okay. No, if you're Mechadish something, then you could be. <laughs> Man, I'm sure you have been Mechadish. At any rate, so the interpretation is Binu, understand. Shnot dovador, the way the years change, Very the way nice. the generations change, because dealing with today's kids is completely a different entity than it was <coughs> years ago. And in order to educate properly, in order to be a parent properly, right, uh, you have to keep abreast of the changes. And uh, I think this, the Rebbe of Slonim said, in Nesibos Shalom, he said, beautiful, right, beautiful, and uh, he said that whereas the most famous verse in Chinuch is the verse is the, the verse Chanoch so he said perhaps we should read it a little differently Chanoch Lanar Alpi Doro educate the, the, the child according to the generation in which he lives because the assumptions are different and also the rapidity with which things happen and the changes take place is not what it used to be we're, for example we're accustomed to thinking that a generation is approximately how many years? 25 years, 25, 30 years. Yeah. So I believe it was the Novominsky Rebbe who said this publicly once. He said, in our day, a generation is five years. Wow. Right? So that means to say, it doesn't mean we can take a five year old and marry him off. That's Next generation. Right? It means that the changes it's are happening reality, rapidly. Rapidly. Yeah. And um, the assumptions are totally different. Things which are commonplace today would have been a source of embarrassment for people to even think about 25 years ago, uh, even less. So, yeah, that impacts on the chinuch that we give. It impacts on the necessity for um, schools, yeshivot, Beit Yaakovs, etc., etc., to keep up with uh, new technique while always having a strong hold and grasp on the Mesorah. One cannot renege on this, even though he has to try to get that. So that's a balancing act. Um, the the upside, <coughs> excuse me, is that today, Baruch Hashem, there are organizations such as Torah Masora that do train teachers, prepare teachers, 
Uh, it used to be that somebody just felt that, uh, okay, I've spent enough time in the Kolel, for example. Tomorrow I'll become a Rebbe. No. <laughs> that doesn't work that well anymore. There's, there's a way of, yeah. Yeah, there's training, there's orientation, there's guidance, and um, even the operatives themselves, the candidates to become Mechanchim, are cognizant of this fact, and they are pursuing the training. So it, it is a different I know for a fact many chavir and many friends that have went to the Chinuch world to go and be educators, they went through the Torah Masora uh, training, and uh, they told me it's a world of a difference. It's, uh, they thought, just go to the classroom and give it over. No, no, no. There's ways of doing it, how to keep the kids, the children engaged, and how to get them. So, so Rabbi, <clears throat> you're saying that there's obviously a difference with Chinuch, with educating our kids today, as opposed to what it used to be uh, many years ago. Uh, where do the parents come? What role do they have? We spoke about the yeshivot, we understand. But with regards to parents, we all, we all know that uh, they're, they're partners with the, with the yeshivot, with the schools, uh, with regards to educating the children. So what chizuka inspiration, what could you tell us about? Again, that's, that's um, a very broad kind of a question. I will tell you that the Tormasara, um, under my auspices and two of my colleagues, have been doing parenting courses for the parents of different communities or different uh, institutions, different schools. We did. We completed our ninth just after uh, Sukkot, Sukkot this year, and that was in Highland Park in Edison, New Jersey. And uh, we've been to Canada, to Toronto, and to Montreal. We've been to Chicago. We've been to Mons. We've it's been a there. lecture or it's a whole no, series? so it's a series. Combining guidance from mental health professionals, such as, for example, Dr. David Pelkowitz, the famous one, um, doctors, Rabbi Dr. Zev Brown and, and others, but also Rosh Yeshiva. So there's a combination of cutting-edge psychological um, guidance for parents, plus the hadracha, the guidance in Torah, so that there's no giving up of uh, you know the, the basic fundamentals. And it's either three or four sessions within each program, the last of which is always um, a, a question-and-answer panel, right, where parents from the school or the community submit to the organization that works on They pre-submit questions, and that's what del- is dealt with. So it touches on issues such as how to be um, compliant with the school uh, without you know, losing your own character. It deals with issues such as how to infuse simchat hachayim, the joy happiness. for living and happiness in the part of kids, um, how to set boundaries for kids, which goes a little bit hand-in-hand uh, hand with what we mentioned a little bit earlier. Kids need boundaries. Hamayim lehem choma, like we said. Um, one of the famous educators of educators in America is a fellow by the name of... Um, oh... Rabbi, um, his name just uh, just left my mind, but he's uh, Yoel Kramer. I'm sorry, yeah. and I apologize to him because his name <laughs> is so basic; everyone knows it. Rabbi Yoel Kramer. I heard one speak, and he said that uh, parents are very conscientious today. You know, we give nutrition to our kids, vitamin A and B and C. My wife just got the multivitamins for the kids. The multivitamins, <laughs> but there's one vitamin that parents are not giving enough of, and that's vitamin N. So we asked him. Vitamin N says, yeah, N stands for no. Oh. Because the new culture is, is such where parents are not brave enough to often refuse their kids what the kids are asking for. Uh-huh. And what they're asking for today 
is so much more. There's so much of a so much access to so many different kinds of things, and it's dangerous, right? The parents are afraid to say no to their kids, so they say they don't say no often enough. I remember once um, the Rosh Hashiva of Tells in Chicago, Rabbi Avram Chaim Levine, who passed away a number of years ago, uh, he said at a Tom Rosor convention, when, when speaking about the fact that parents are trying to be good parents and providing their kids with gadgets and electronics and uh, et cetera, et cetera. By giving it to They want to be good parents. Uh, so he said, well, uh, following that line of thinking, if they want to really be good parents, then they should also buy their kids a loaded pistol. Um, I, it's dangerous. Yeah, so, but they're giving everything else that is possibly dangerous and killing their neshamas, possibly. Yeah, 100% um, true. So, you know, that's what's happening in, in today's world often. That's one of the aspects of parenting. And um, also discipline. How do we deal with chutzpah? Today, the level of chutzpah, will be a lot of chutzpah, so that means hopefully we're approaching the big day right. of our redemption. But uh, apart from that, it's still a pain in the neck to have to deal with this, both for teachers and even parents today. Um, I read not long ago of a case in Scandinavia. It hasn't affected our world yet, but in Scandinavia, in the non-Jewish world, there were uh, there was a kid a child or maybe two siblings who filed for divorce against their parents. Child divorcing the parents. Yeah. And the reason because they felt they were being abused because the parents were not giving them all that they wanted, except whatever the, you know, the, 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 the particulars were. And they won. They oh, were wow. Grant, they were granted the divorce. Um, Crazy world. A crazy world, that's an understatement. But that's what we're dealing with. So parents need today um, a definition. What does it mean to be a proper Jewish parent? How do you raise your children so that they will be loving, they will be balanced, they will be mentally healthy in all ways, but also that they're growing spiritually? It's a very daunting task these days. So parenting is a course. By the way, I remember when uh, the word parent was not a verb. It was only a noun. One is a parent. Today, you are doing parenting. Parenting. became an activity. But that's because <laughs> there's a necessity to teach parenting. 100%. And uh, many people think that when it comes to learning about parenting, you have to, uh, you know, read all these books, all these uh, classes, lectures, series. Yes, 100%. But we you know that we have the Torah. And like we said in the beginning of the program, Rabbi, Torah, it's the way of life. And it's the Mesorah, it's, it's, it's our heritage. Um, how important, if you could elaborate, Torah study with the parents correlates to the chinuch, the education of the children. The, Refine the question if you can. Learning Torah, the importance of learning Torah for parents, whether it's the father. You mean father with yeah, son or yeah. father Father, with, father from son, father with son and in general. The halacha teaches us that the one's obligation of learning Torah for himself or by himself precedes the obligation of teaching his children. Sure. Teaching his children, we say it every day, teach it to your sons, you shall teach them to your sons, etc., etc. Right. All of these, you should make these things known to your children. sons and to your grandchildren. Um, but... 
who called them Livno? The halacha is that a person precedes in importance. So the person himself has to um, worry about his own Torah study, first of all, for two reasons. Number one, because he is a Jew, and the Jew is obligated to learn and to know the Word of God. But secondly, also as a role model, um, and that has two aspects. A role model being that the child is going to want to emulate you. That's what a role model is all about. And if he sees a father whose aspirations are primarily materialistic or vacuous in any other way, that is not boding well for the chinuch of the child, but also in order for the father to teach the son. Because that's the ideal of the mitzvah of Torah study is when the father learns with the son. In fact, that was the initial initial model of Torah study. We know the Gemara tells us uh, in uh, that... Um, Yeshua ben Gamla was the one who laid the foundation for Chinuch as we know it, where, where that means that there, there is a school, there is a Beit Rabban. Right, right? Right. Once upon a time, um, fathers taught their sons. He noticed a problem, and maybe I can elaborate on this a little bit. Sure, please. The problem that he noticed was that the one who had a father would learn with the father. One who had no father, Didn't which learn. ostensibly means the orphan, right, would have no one to learn with. So mm-hmm. what would be with all of those? So Shubh Gamla instituted, okay, we're going to change the model. We're going to change the paradigm of Torah study with children. Rather than it being a father-son enterprise, it'll be children going and studying in the Beit Rabban, in the, in the house of the Rebbe, which ultimately became the school, right? Wow. Now, my understanding is that um, there weren't that many orphans in the time of Yeshua Ben Gamla. It wasn't like there was an epidemic or pandemic, maybe we should say these days, uh, it wasn't a time of war. Yeshua Gamla was a Kohen Gadol, a high priest, in the days of Yanai, King Yanai. It was a relatively peaceful time. So what's the scoop with the uh, the orphans? I believe what he meant when he said the word Ein Lo'av, someone who has no father, means he had no father available to him mm-hmm. for various reasons. Either the father is ignorant because he didn't get the proper training himself when he was a child, or the father's too busy. In hard economic times, you know, father holding down a couple of jobs, no time to learn. And if you have a few children at home, that makes the problem exponentially more difficult. So, Misha'en Lo'av means where the fathers are not around. So Jewish society would crumble without there being this, this change. But this change, Rav Hutner, Rabbi Yitzhak Hutner, the Rashi of Chaim Berlin, said that this change is something that, on the one hand, we may appear to want to be proud of. On the other hand, it's a reflection of a strong deficiency in Jewish society. Because when society, our society, was up to its ideal, it was that paradigm, father learning with son. That's the way it should be. What he referred to as the Beit Avhan, the house of the father, now it was replaced with the Beit Rabban, the house of the Rebbe. But that's a reflection that society, our society, has declined. And one might say that it's continuing to decline, although I'm not sure. I don't want to read that kind of a social commentator who says that that's mm-hmm. where we're holding right now. But uh, that's um, how Chinuch how has changed. interesting thing, by the way, is that we are taught that uh, Bil'am, wanted to curse the Jewish, the Jewish people, people out of existence. Right. And the Gemara tells us, this is a, a passage in Sanhedrin 105b, Kufayam with Beit, where the Gemara says, from the blessings 
of Bilam, but he ended up being blessings, not totally right? Lucky. Right, that's one, right? that's one of them. But from the blessings, you also can deduce what he wanted to do when he ostensibly was going to curse Bnei Yisrael. Hashem converted the curses into blessings. Into blessings. So what he said, you can deduce what he wanted to, uh, the negative impact, the destructive impact that he wanted to make. Um, so for example, when he ended up saying what you just mentioned, Matovu Ahalecha Yaakov, and that's referring to the Beit HaKneset and the Beit, Beit HaMidrash, and also the Jewish home, according to some, right? right? What he wanted to do is to destroy that model of the home being, or the Beit HaMidrash, or the school being uh, a source of Torah, Torah. right? So, uh, the Gemara, and, and the, all the other blessings as well, it's a reflection of what he wanted to do. But the Gemara then says, might be Rav Kahana, I don't remember, um, that all of the blessings that Bilam ended up pronouncing were upturned, except for one, and that was Matovu Alecha. That's the only thing that remained, which means that there would always be, throughout Jewish history, the paradigm of the Jewish home teaching. The question is, or, or the Jewish school. There would always be a yeshiva. So I heard, I think it was Rabbi Hillel David, said the following, at the heat of the pandemic, the COVID experience, Hashem Yerachem, Hashem have mercy upon us all. He said, how could you say that the paradigm of Jewish education was never impacted and it was never upturned? We saw at that time, just a few years the ago, Shiva she was closed, right? So he said, and I've repeated this numerous times, he said that the Ohel is not only the yeshiva, it's also the home. And what Hashem perhaps needed to do is to restore in our understanding the role, to emphasize against the role, again, the role of the Jewish home and the father has in the lives of children. Very nice. Whereas once upon a time there was perhaps too much reliance on the yeshiva. On the yeshiva. So Hashem said, you know what, we're going to close the yeshiva for a little while. Wow. So what are the kids going to do? They have to learn at home. So each <laughs> living room, every kitchen or every den in the house became a Beit Knesset or a Beit Midrash or became a yeshiva in order to restore the role. So the parental role in uh, both role modeling and actually teaching where it's possible is, is crucial. But, like we said, where that's not always possible, so the, the Rebbe who comes in and fills the role of the father is considered as if he brought the, that child into the world, right. first of all. But besides that, that's how we're compensating for weaknesses in the parenting paradigm. Powerful Rabbi Shmuel Yaakov Klein, Barashat <clears throat> Vayigash. We know that when Yaakov Avinu hears that Yosef is still alive, they're about to go to Mitzrayim, to Egypt, he sends Yudah ahead of them. Why does he send Yudah ahead of them? Simply because to go to Goshen to build the yeshiva. The importance of Torah, the importance of learning, the importance of sending kids to yeshiva, that's especially what we're busy at over here at Chazak. Unfortunately, there's still a pandemic, I guess we'll call it, with thousands of families that still send their kids from to public schools. And our mission is to visit them, get these kids into after-school programs, Sunday school programs, teens programs, our youth center, but most importantly, to transfer them to yeshiva. Baruch Hashem Yishtabach Shem Olad, over 1,500 kids already, the last few years alone, were already chanced, Baruch Hashem Yishtabach Shem Olad. And the vision is that we have to do more, to learn Torah, to teach Torah, to send kids to Yeshiva. So we have a minhag, a custom, and Torah talks, Rabbi Klein, is a final message. If you could uh, give us that last oomph of inspiration. And we had so much, and we appreciate it. 
I guess the final message would be this, that um, a nation without a basic fundamental constitution, if I can use that word, uh, is doomed to not exist. In fact, all of the nations of antiquity, certainly those who were put into exile by oppressive kingdoms or empires, do not exist anymore. There's only one exception to that rule, and that is Am Yisrael. Yisrael. Jewish people. Rabbi Yaakov of Emden, once uh, he, he put out a Siddur called Siddur Bet Yaakov, and he wrote an introduction, it's a long introduction, it's called the Sulam Bet Kel, which is, of course, the ladder at Bet Kel, which uh, Yaakov dreamt of when he came there. And it's mostly about the... Jewish experience, that's what the introduction is of that, of that sitter. The Sulam deals with Jewish existence in history. And near the beginning of the introduction, Rabbi Yaakov Enden says, I believe he says, Anira Be'enai, it seems to me, is far greater than what we usually deem to be the greatest miracles in the history of the Jewish people, such as the parting of the Red Sea, Kret Yamsuf, and the, the, the plagues in Mitzrayim. In Egypt and anything else that we customarily think great Nisim, they were, of course they were. But far greater than any of those miracles is the miracle of continued Jewish existence <laughs> despite all the adversity, despite all of the exiles, despite all, uh, you know, against all odds. So the question is, okay, that's very nice. So on the one hand, that's Hashem preserving us, right? So the miracle is Hashem's performing the miracle. But there has to be something in which the miracle or the blessing can descend into. There has to be a utensil, a kli, that can, a kli that can be mikabel, that accepts the bracha from Shemayim. And of course, we are the bracha, but we only become a bracha when we have Torah. Because the Torah gives us the fiber, <laughs> making us able to accept the blessings from above. And I'll perhaps be, uh, I'll conclude Please. this particular piece by saying that really to be um, a utensil, if you compare the human face to the idea of a utensil, you know that a smile makes it look like a utensil. That can be macabre. If there's not a smile and there's a frown, whatever comes from above does not land in anywhere. There's no receptacle. <laughs> so nice. the Torah is misamchei lev. It makes right? you happy. Pikudei Hashem the Torah and its statutes and its ideas are what gladden the heart. That's, that's what, why we don't learn in Tisha B'Av. That's, that's, that's exactly why we don't learn in Tisha B'Av. This is the highest level of joy in the Jewish existence. So that's why, by holding on to the Torah, we gladden ourselves, and by gladdening ourselves, we remain to be those utensils which have the potential to accept the blessings from Hashem, and may those blessings continue to come, b'shefa in great abundance, mm-hmm. upon us all, Upon you, upon your brother, upon all those who are important in Project Chazak and all the other um, endeavors that Klai Yisrael has to save itself. Amen. Chazak HaBaruch Yishakach Rabbi Shmuel Yaakov Klein. Just to add, a smile is a crooked line that makes a lot of things straight. Uh, it's a very nice quote. And in regards good. to the Kli, Kli, uh, the letter is uh, spelled out, Kohen Levi Nisrael, when the Jewish people are all united, one together. It's a vessel for blessing. There was a Rav that said over one time that HaKadosh Baruch Hu always wants to give us, just like a parent, he has a jug of uh, ice cream, 
and he wants to give to the child, but the child's bowl falls on the floor and it became muddy. Would the child, would the parent put the ice cream into the muddy a bowl? Of course not. So same thing with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, God Almighty. He wants to give to us, but sometimes our kli is a little bit muddy with sin. So in order for us to receive, we have to try our very best to remove the mud and to clean ourselves up. And the cleaner we are through Torah, which the rabbi mentioned so beautifully, the more blessings will be able to come unto us. And like the topic of Jewish education, chinuch, we should be able to be mechanech, educate our children in the ways of the Torah. We should see Yiddish Shanachas, Nachat Yudi from all of our children and the grandchildren, great grandchildren, all Am Yisrael. We should be Zachet to see the Gula Shlem. Amen. Shukrach Rabbi Klein for all you do. Really appreciate Chazak Vehmatz. I want to thank our dear audience, Chazak Torah Talks, Tuesday nights, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, chazak.org slash live, along with all the podcast players, and special thank you to Torah anytime. Uh, our friends at Daily Giving, a dollar a day goes very far away, thanks to them as well. To Nathan and Robbie and the entire Chazak operation and team and staff and, op- and, and board members and supporters, we're forever grateful. Please uh, continue getting involved with the holy work of Chazak. Uh, Baruch Hashem, an amazing Torah talk we had today uh, with Rav Shmuel Yaakov Klein. And uh, we look forward to many, many more. Suggestions are always welcome. Info at chazaq.org. Info at chazaq.org. Support is always welcome as well. Chazaq.org. chazaq.org. Please be part of it. Let's change the world, bring the gula in here. Thank you.